All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, welcome everyone uh, into our homes. I promise this won't just be me sipping scotch in front of this fireplace. Um, but if you ask, I will do it. Um, we are very excited for this uh, for this kind of new form of content here. Um, hopefully, we don't run into too many issues along the way. But it is just a glorified conference call. So if you have your uh, bingo card ready, you might be a winner today. Um, we just wanted to uh, take some time to talk about like people that are adjusting to uh, to working from home and some of the people that we have on this call here. Um, are all people that have been uh, doing it for a little while, myself excluded. Um, I've only been uh, working from home now uh, permanently for about four weeks, I think. Um, so just uh, grab a drink, uh, feel free to ask us any questions in the chat and let's uh, go ahead and get rolling. Um, let's start off with uh, actually everyone kind of introducing themselves. Let's start off with uh, your name, what you do, uh, where you're located. Uh, this is actually kind of an interesting call because we're all over the place. Um, and then uh, what your day-to-day, -day, let's say before all of this craziness happened, like what your day-to-day -day would look like. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with uh, Kevin. Hey, everybody. Um, so my name is Kevin Burke. Um, I'm actually an independent uh, public relations consultant. Burke PR is my company. Um, and uh, I actually have been running my business as an independent uh, out of a home office for about 18 years. So um, I have a, actually a lot of experience with this kind of situation. So for me, it's um, not a whole lot has changed, um, but uh, everything that I've gone through over the past, you know, 18 years is kind of, you know, come into focus right now. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So what about you, Brett? Yeah, I'm Brett um, Nordquist and I've been at Puget Systems about I guess almost eight or nine years or so. Um, but in 2013, I left um, the state of Washington and moved my family to Southern Utah. And so that's when I began working from home about seven years ago or so. Um, the work that I do for Puget is I do some writing and write case studies and blog posts. I also work uh, with our customers collecting feedback about our products and services and then sending that back to our different product teams, marketing, sales, and um, support so that we kind of know what we should be selling and, you know, things that matter most to our customers. Right on. What about you, Mike? So uh, my name is Mike Petchy. I am a uh, film director, uh, commercial producer, photographer. Um, and uh, this world really isn't uh, any different. <laughs> <laughs> for me, like uh, being a freelancer uh, in general, you kind of have to work from home all the time. You kind of have to make your own schedule uh, and you kind of have to set your own goals, uh, which has been something that I've been doing for about 18, 19 years. Um, the difference now, I think, is that um, everybody else is in lockdown. So for instance, I'm actually color grading. So I'm working with a colorist remotely this afternoon. Um, and normally what would happen is that I would be able to sit in the room with that colorist and sort of skip past a lot of the back and forth. But I can I literally show you my email chain, which is like 45 deep. And it's just this slow, stupid uh, communication that's going on. It's taking stuff so much longer than it normally would when you're just able to be with people and hang out with people. Yeah. Um, our business is very much a social business as far as like uh, interacting with creatives and then shooting people, uh, filming people and uh, creating content. Um, so right now our industry is in a rough place because freelancers obviously are not getting any work. Freelancers um, aren't on payroll. So we're kind of digging into our savings and we're kind of trying to uh, make sure that we're getting through this thing. Sure. Um, but the positive spin on the whole deal is that finally we have time to tackle all these projects that have been uh, consistently eluding us because we have to work uh, for clients like you, Eric. So <laughs> <laughs> I like to put the have to on there. <laughs> I'm going to pretend that one didn't cut deep a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, it's actually been interesting. And I also run a podcast and we've been doing a, a episodes like this on the show where I'm talking to different creatives and actors and stuff. And 
uh, it's a fascinating time creatively because everybody's sort of hunkering down and coming up with new ideas and sort of gestating stuff, which is really interesting. Um, but uh, let's talk, you know, in three months from now uh, and see, see, see what the mood is then, you know? Sure. Um, I realize I absolutely skipped myself here. Um, so I'm Eric, I'm the marketing manager here at Puget Systems. Uh, my, days, my days before tended to be a lot of uh, phone calls, uh, meetings, um, lots of, lots of like in-person face-to-face coordination. Uh, I mean, two weeks from now would have been NAB, which would have been our absolute biggest show of the year. Um, so it's definitely from, a, from being in marketing, um, it's kind of flipped everything on its head a little bit. Um, yeah. But what I, what I am excited about is that it has kind of put us in a position where we, it forces us to kind of create different forms of content and innovate. I mean, this is the first time that we've done something like this. Um, and then uh, we're kind of doing the same thing of, of ramping up the podcast right now. So I'm, I'm excited. It's, um, it's definitely uh, a taxing time, but, I, but I'm still excited for it. I'm excited to see kind of how we're going to come out the other side of it. Um, so for, for all three of you, you guys have kind of, um, you've been working, working remotely for a long time now. Um, so I actually just for a second want to like ignore coronavirus and let's, let's look at when you first started making that transition to working from home and what was, what was the toughest part about that transition? If you could pick like one thing, what was the toughest part about that transition for you guys? We'll go in opposite order this time. We'll go uh, Mike first. Um, really? It's funny because I've been doing it for so long at this point. I try to remember what my what what my real job used to be, as I call it. Like, what was my real job at one point? Um, <laughs> I think the most difficult the most difficult thing was processing the anxiety that there isn't uh, stability and um, that you don't have you don't have a boss necessarily. Like, you're kind of your own boss. So, like the Back when I used to, before I did this stuff, I used to work as a car mechanic and an airplane mechanic. And so uh, you would just punch in. You go to work, you punch in, and you'd have a list of things that you needed to get done and, and go from there. Um, it took me a, quite some time to structure my life in a way where I was combating that anxiety, but also giving myself uh, weekly, monthly, weekly, and hourly structure. So that way I could get through what I needed to get through uh, and feel a sense of accomplishment. And without my to-do lists, um, which I have like a yearly to-do list, and then it just sort of filters down, down to the day. Uh, without those, it's so easy to get lost when you're in an atmosphere like this, because as you saw, you know, my girlfriend will walk through and ask me a hundred questions. You know, <laughs> someone will knock on the door and I'll have to deal with something. There's, there's so many different distractions. Sure. Um, as a, someone that works from home. So the trick, I think, to being successful from my perspective is just uh, treating it like a job, giving yourself a to-do list, an accurate to-do list. Um, and then... Uh, try not to feel that anxiety because that anxiety kind of uh, kills a lot of people. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. What about you, Brett? Yeah, you know, the I left Puget, uh, but I was still, you know, working for the company. It was just, you know, a thousand miles away. So the thing that it was the hardest for me by far, um, this is an easy thing to answer, was just the connection to my coworkers. Um, you know, we talk about like, you can now like miss meetings or you don't have to attend as many. There's people not distracting you throughout the day, but you forget like that becomes part of your social fabric. Those were good friends that I made. And to suddenly, this was before we were, we have some communication platforms in place now like Slack that make it easier to contact. But to go from coming into the office, I'm fairly social person, being able to, you know, rub elbows with coworkers and, and uh, you know, get feedback on your work, just little things like that. It went from having that to none. That was, that was by far the most difficult part for me. Like Mike said, just the prioritizing, yeah, that would kind of happen naturally when I was in the office and now all of a sudden I'm home and I'm looking at a task list and I'm thinking, man, I wish I had somebody you know, to 
helped me kind of sort through this stuff. So just the isolation, the, the lack of being able to see coworkers day to day was the hardest thing for me initially. It, it still is today, but it was really yeah. difficult the first six months or so. Yeah, I could totally see that. I think one of the things that I've found is like, I'll, I'll find myself holding myself back from communicating to people because I feel like it's over communicating to them where in reality, like once you're working remotely, even when you feel like you're over communicating with them, it tends to be that you're under communicating with them. It just takes so much more of that communication to actually make things happen. Yeah, that's so true. You don't want to bother people, but yet, you know, even today when I was, you know, trying to get some work done, someone contacted me and needed some edits and it like, it's just a nice break. And even if it's just a few minutes of the chat back and forth, that adds something that, you know, that I was used to having in the office each day. Yeah. Was there a, actually back to you, Mike, um, was there any, was there anything uh, kind of like jarring for you when you went from, because when you were still out there in Boston, um, you still, you went into the studio every day and then, uh, and then you came out to LA and that's where you started kind of working remotely. Like what was the, what was the most jarring for you? Um, I think, I think getting up and going to the studio uh, back in Boston was a healthy thing because it would force you um, A, to get out of bed at a specific time, B, to make sure that you were dressed. Sure. <laughs> you were don't, don't stand up, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure <laughs> that you were social. Um, but also uh, you're bumping into people. And so like you would bump into people that would be in the building, you would bump into real life and a lot of that really uh, was helpful um, and moving here. So we moved here right before coronavirus. So we moved to a whole new city, started to network hard in the city, thankfully for the first couple months that we were here. Um, but now we're secluded <laughs> from <laughs> all that sort of networking and, and exchange. Um, before what happened, uh, we would just go out we would just may take meetings. So it really, isn't a, it really isn't a tough thing to be working from home in our business because we still have to exchange with folks. So like, uh, if I wanna go meet with a wardrobe person, if I wanna go meet with an actor, if I wanna go meet with a producer, uh, we would just take these meetings and go from place to place and, and make sure that we were interacting with people. I, I think that uh, eventually, once we come out of the back end of everything that's happening, Eventually I will get an office, eventually I'll get a shooting space and eventually I'll have that because I think that being able to leave your home is really important. And if you can't leave your home, then actually having a designated office that you literally just go in there to do work on. And uh, back in Watertown, I don't think you were at a place in Boston, but we had a third floor that we were using as an office for a while. And I would literally just go up those stairs only to work and then come down there from, you know, for lunch breaks or that. So I think your brain just needs that separation. Because uh, otherwise, if you're, you know, editing in your bedroom, you're just like rolling out of bed and then you're working at like 3 a.m. when your clients are texting you. And yeah, so for, the, for the first couple of weeks, I kept finding myself, um, especially because long story short, I was confined to this room right here. Um, and so I kept finding myself like even after I was done working, my desk was just right here. So I could easily just find myself just rolling right over and then, okay, I guess I'll just, what else am I doing? My desk is right here. I'll just go work. Um, and so like, I definitely saw my work-life balance starting to get really unbalanced toward the work side. Uh, well, so welcome to, welcome to freelance, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. the problem with freelance is that, especially if you're a, a subcontractor, oftentimes you're dealing with your clients that are getting to you after their day. So normally a client is like dealing with whatever they got to deal with at their office to do all this sort of stuff. And so sometimes you're getting notes from them at like 5 p.m. Or sometimes you're getting notes from them when they get home after they fed their kids and they do this whole process. And then you'll get emails and texts at like 9, 9 p.m. at night. Yeah. And so as a freelancer, you, it's important that you set your boundaries with um, your clients. Because when I was younger, I used to just respond. And, and so then what happens is, is you're just beholden and you're just like, oh, oh, okay, hold on. And so it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're in that space, you just sort of turn into it and you start working and you become really panicked. Yeah. You just, you got to set the rules. You got to tell, 
got to tell the Eric's out there when, uh, <laughs> when they can respond. <laughs> a little bit of a theme coming out here. <laughs> You're actually great, Eric. I'm just <laughs> All right, Kevin, what this about you? It's really an intervention here. This is I know. I feel that way. Oh. So, um, so going back to the original question, like what was most jarring for me, you know, I was going from corporate to my basement office. And I think the first, the mo and I remember it vividly, it was this, and Mike kind of pointed to it, it was like structure. There was this structure that existed in my corporate world that was suddenly gone. And so my first instinct was, well, I need to recreate that structure. I need to basically duplicate what I had into what I have now and, and sort of make that work. And, and I would do silly things like, you know, I had my desk and I would put an office phone. So this was like 18 years ago. So it's like, I had my office phone and it was a separate line. And, you know, I set myself up like I was in my office, but what was so startling was there were these gaps in my days because I realized when, when I was in the office, I was in meetings all day. I actually wasn't working. I was in meetings all day, every day. And then suddenly I wasn't. So what I, what I realized was instead of, you know, trying to replicate this structure, which was only relevant to that situation, um, I, I suddenly realized that my productivity like exponentially went through the roof because I had all of this time and I could sort of redesign and rethink, um, you know, what my days looked like. Um, but from the very beginning, I, I just, I remember that so well, just trying to, to replicate that and, and, and being astonished at the silence because there was, there was no meetings. There was nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely something that I've that I felt on my end as well, um, and in, it 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 has definitely exposed the the level of important. Like we would we would find reason. It almost feels like we would just find reasons to have meetings just because we're all there. Hey, let's just let's just get together and talk this through. And what I what I've really appreciated that this is forced is more intentionality behind things. Um, exactly. Like it has it has put everyone in this position where it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to put this this zoom call together with all of these people i need to have all of this information lined up where whereas like i feel i feel like beforehand a lot of people would just kind of come into that room and it's like well hey let's figure out all that stuff that i should have brought ahead of time let's just figure that out while right. we're in the meeting so that, that oh, that's absolutely i've appreciated yeah it, it really makes you completely rethink your time and you think of your day as in like little blocks of time and how, I'm, how am I going to use those blocks and you know what's productive and what's not productive and you start to rethink things like meetings and like is that absolutely necessary does that you know does that help me get to my objective at the end of the day or at the end of the week and you know it, it changes your perspective on things and, and, and changes how you organize your calendar Totally, totally agree. Um, okay, so now now that we've addressed kind of like how things, uh, what our days would normally look like, um, let's let's address the elephant in the room here. Um, let's talk about like the impacts that uh, that coronavirus has had. I know you guys have kind of touched on it a little bit here and there, um, but like what impacts has that had specifically um, to you guys and and what your what your day to day would what what does your day to day now look like given um, given that impact, I guess. Let's, uh, let's go back around to, to Mike, actually. Um, honestly, all right, <clears throat> there's a couple of different aspects of it. Like um, for me right now, what I'm doing is I've got two movies that are in pre-production. Um, and one of them is uh, Who's There, which you had uh, worked with us on, Eric. Yeah. Um, so literally I got to years of work. So it was like five years, whatever it's been, five years of work, five years of prep on this thing. Literally got to four days before Corona hit and uh, the producers were like, we love it, let's make it. And then Corona hit. 
Mm. So everything has been put on hold. Uh, finances is put on hold, uh, casting, all that stuff has is, is just been put on hold. And in our business right now, in the film business, we just heard that productions aren't going to start until maybe July, probably not till August. And so as freelancers and as crew people, we're out of work until August, Ooh. realistically. Um, the other big issue with us, I mean, the big change in my life is, is going to be the lack of income because what we do as freelancers is you try to stack your work. So I will spend five or six months before a job even happens, just nurturing a job and putting a job together and having these conversations and putting it in the client's ears. And then it oftentimes doesn't take five or six months until that job happens. And one thing that I learned younger is that I used to get a gig, I'd get cash and be like, great, I'm going to take some time, I'm going to do some of my personal stuff, I'm going to go on vacation, I'm going to do something. If I take a month off from doing that pre-prep on jobs and lining up that work, um, I have to wait like an additional three months in the back end. So I have to be prepared not to work for at least three months after. So being in this position now where everything's basically on hold, so any of my clients that I talk to about work or I'll reach out to them and talk to them about projects, most of my clients are in panic mode as humans right now. So they're trying to decide whether or not they are going to have an Easter and how they're going to handle the fact that their kids are home all the time and what their life is like. No one wants to talk about work. Uh, luckily, there are a couple jobs that I'm wrapping up which is keeping us going, but that'll be done in like two weeks. And so <clears throat> the difficulty in our industry right now is that the reality of it is, is most, a lot of people in the freelance world are, that haven't prepared are gonna go out of business because of the lack of, of income that's gonna be coming in. And it's, we're going through the process right now of actually trying to apply for um, unemployment, which, Normally, as a freelancer, you can't do if you're a 1099er because you're not paying into unemployment. But apparently, according to our fearless leader, uh, freelancers are uh, maybe going to be able to get unemployment. So, so, I mean, ultimately, that's the big change. Other than that, my daily schedule is the same. Like sure. me doing all my prep and me doing all my stuff and me having all my schedule. It's nice because it's all the same. It's just that all these ideas and prep stuff that I'm doing can't come to flourishing. And then you have to beg the question because our industry is a support industry. So we're there to support businesses, whether we're making commercials, we're, we're there to support advertising. Um, if the economy is crap in the back end, we're the first ones to get cut. Freelancers are the first ones to go. So um, I'm not necessarily too freaked out about it because what are you going to do? But I think that but, our, our industry is definitely dealing with that. But I would argue that you're also kind of taking steps to combat that, though, um, like like with your with your podcast and all that. So that that was going to be my follow up question is like, so what so what do you do? Because I, I don't think it's I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't just tell people like, hey, like this is what it is and let's not do anything about it. Um, so like, no, 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 no. There's, there's definitely a positive spin on it. I think that what you have to do is you have to, if you're a storyteller, you have to actually look at what's happening right now, which is everybody is looking to escape. No one wants to deal with this reality. So yep. most people are binging. Most people are watching shit on Netflix. They're going through all this content um, and they need stuff to do. Uh, we just found out this week that our podcast this week has done the best that it has ever done in our two years of being up, uh, which is incredibly fascinating because statistics are saying that podcasts are down 20%. I'm not kidding. Ours is literally skyrocketed. Um, is that, does that directly correlate to people's commute time? That's what the theory was. <laughs> the theory was that most people only listen to it when they went to work or drove to work. Um, 
but uh, I don't know what that means about like maybe people listen to me when they shower. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I feel like you're calling me out again. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> um, so actually, so before before we jump to you, Brett, um, I do want to pause for a second. And uh, Houston, do we have any uh, questions in the chat or anything to address? Sounds good. Let's uh, let's keep rolling then. Brett, what you got? Well, man, after listening to Mike, that's a bit of a reality check um, and hard to hear. Uh, <laughs> and and again, like again, I feel pretty privileged in that my my work uh, in in terms of what I do has changed, but I still have work to do. And for that, I feel very blessed. Yeah, a good you. chunk of my work was you know events, Eric, with you and visiting clients, and clearly that's on hold for right now. But there's a lot of projects, as Mike mentioned, that like you put on the back burner and now this is the time that I can do things that I otherwise would have a hard time justifying. Um, but yeah, I mean, listening to Mike, I mean, that's just, that's hard. That's, uh, that's heartbreaking. I mean, oh, I, it, on, that's hard to hear. I don't want to, I don't want to be the downer here, man. <laughs> I don't be the downer here, you know. <laughs> I can just like. I can feel Mike getting uncomfortable being the sob story here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you yeah, got to like the tears first. There's, there's, you know, and, and not just that, you know, Mike, but knowing that that's the situation that a lot of our customers are in, you know, a lot of my job is calling customers and I hear similar stories to what Mike said. The first couple of weeks, people, you're right, Mike, they didn't want to talk about work. They yeah. were trying to line up childcare. All of a sudden, their children are home. They're trying to do online school. They're, you know, they're they're trying to just keep their household, not not knowing if they're going to receive a paycheck in the next two weeks. So the last thing they wanted to hear was, you know, selling them on a, a new workstation. So it's taken a different approach. I think I've mentioned a couple of times to my coworkers that I feel like I'm as much a counselor as I am, you know, an employee and just trying to understand and have compassion for people that are in these situations that are directly affected uh, by Corona. But myself, I feel I, 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 I won't be complaining because there's people that have it a lot worse than what, what I've had it so far. I mean, look at look at your situation right there, man. You get to hang out with that dinosaur. All with the dinosaur. <laughs> 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 the dinosaur and the lava lamp. I mean, life's got to be good, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I, love, I love how every single call, it, Brett and I are on a, on a lot of calls together, and every single call, that thing is there, and he gets called out every single time, and somehow it is still there. <laughs> it's still there. I have a seven-year-old that makes sure that it's there every morning when he goes off to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with a lot of what you're saying there, Brett. Um, I think that the uh, kind of coronavirus, this whole thing has um, brought a lot of clarity to a lot of people. Um, I mean, like here, like not to, I mean, I guess I'll just shamelessly plug Peter Systems here. Like we, uh, our, our goal has always been to like um, help people, like whatever, whatever the case may be, whether it's through their work or, or something else, like we, we want to provide additional value to them. And, uh, and right now we recognize the fact that that's not through workstations, it's through doing stuff like this and, um, and had just having conversations, uh, just being empathetic and all that. So, um, so I think it, it, uh, it does bring clarity to everyone's mission, why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But you, Kevin. Oh, no, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's an interesting time because, you know, I think we're going to see, um, we're going to see. I think a lot of sort of new disruptive ideas and, you know, you know, this is giving a lot of people a lot of time to think a lot, you know, they're looking at the obstacles in front of them and, you know, some people will say, Oh, this is insurmountable. I don't know what to do, but there's a lot of people um, who are going to look at this and say, we need to get through this. And so we need to figure out something new. And um, you know, if it's storytellers and delivering stories, well, you know what, People, like you said, Mike, 
people now more than ever people need escapism they need um <laughs> you know they need that kind of stuff so well let's figure out something else let's figure out another way to 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 tell those stories or to share those stories um you know so i think it's it's a really interesting time because the optimist in me says you know we're going to get through this we're going to come out the other side but i think you know the really um there's a lot of smart people out there who are using this time to think about you know how can we do things different how can we do things better um uh so you know i'm i'm like I said, I'm optimistic that, yeah, there's another side to this. And I'm really curious to see what things are going to look like, what, you know, people like us are going to, you know, do with this opportunity um, uh, to, you know, help people through it and maybe even create something new on the, on the other side of this that, you know, we never would have imagined was possible because we never had the opportunity to, take some time and think about it and rethink things. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of harsh realities that, that people are facing, but I think there's also, you know, that opportunity to be seized. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I don't think that if this hadn't have happened that we would have told ourselves, Hey, let's do a zoom call and live stream it over YouTube. Well, you know, and let's, let's bring it back to, you know, working at home. How many companies have said to their employees, no, it's impossible. Of course, you can't work from home. You need to be in the office because that's the way it is. And, yeah. but then all of a sudden when you're faced with, you don't have a choice. So figure it out. And guess what? They figured it out and they're doing it, yeah. you know, so nothing's impossible. It's, it's perception, it's priorities and it's, decision-making and, you know, and you can make it work. It's, it's no, it's no, it's no strange thing. I don't know if you have noticed that uh, besides grocery stores being sold out of toilet paper and, <laughs> and paper towels for whatever reason, don't, even, don't do the math. Love that shit. <laughs> but besides that uh, grocery stores are being, are, are sold out of yeast. They're sold out of flour. You have such a huge group of, folks that are that are going back to working with their hands um especially out here in los angeles and i know it's the same in a lot of other cities now where uh restaurants are closed you can't go out to eat uh and if you're going to order in food if you're going to order in takeout you can pretty much guarantee it's going to be at least 50 minutes so all your takeout food is just gross most of it's just takeout crap and so like if you want a good meal <laughs> between between now and you know whatever it is July <laughs> like if you if you want a good meal you got to figure out how to make it yourself and I think there's been this influx of people with all this time on their hands now sort of going I want to learn how to make sourdough I want to learn how to actually use my hands to create things again which I think is really inspiring and really kind of cool to watch folks that would normally have claimed to be bogged down by their nine to five. Like when I, whenever I used to do corporate videos and I go into offices and work with execs uh, and film them, I, I used to laugh about it. I'd go into a space and I'd hang out with an exec and this is some guy that like, you know, he's got like a Mercedes out front, you know, he's got like a, a yacht and a boat and he'd hang out with this guy and he's just like, I'm so envious of your life. And I'm like, dude, you have made literally in like the past month, more money than I've made in the past two years. So I don't understand your dilemma here. And there, it, it's always this grass is greener kind of thing from both sides of the fence. And the thing that's really fascinating right now, and I think the only thing that keeps me sane is that everybody on the planet is literally doing the same thing right now. Like everybody is locked up in their spaces having to confront what they do for work, having to confront how they handle their life, how to, like confronting what they prioritize and then confronting what their future is gonna be. We're all doing it. No one's getting ahead other than the toilet paper manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a fascinating thing. And, it, and seeing this, and through the podcast, we've been getting a lot of this response, seeing this with people who, are looking to fill their time with betterment because how many times would you sit there and go, look, if I had free time, 
if I had two weeks off from work, if I had a month off from work, what would I do? And now everybody has that forced scenario. And at the beginning for folks, it was kind of shocking, I think, because it's just like the stress and the anxiety sort of confronts you. But I think week three, after you binged every show that you've ever wanted to watch on Netflix. You've watched all of Netflix. Yeah. And, and you're staring at that brick wall and you're like, well, what? I now have this time. And what they're confronting is what we confront as freelancers earlier in our career, where we actually make that decision and we jump off the ledge and say, look, I can't rely on anything. I've got this vision. I've got this dream. I've got this thing that I want to do. How do I confront and how do I fill my time? And everybody here has said the same thing, that, that adjustment's been really difficult and you're trying to get out of that work structure and that work system. Um, I remember specifically, I would go to work to wait to hear from clients. And sometimes I wouldn't hear from my clients, like especially in the summertime on the, in, in uh, the East Coast, like June, July, and August. <laughs> <laughs> clients are like on vacation, clients are on the beach, and I would literally just go to the office and stare at my computer and wait, and wait for people to get back to me, wait for stuff to happen, and my life was a little, it was full of anxiety, full of stress because of that, and it took a couple of years for me to realize, like, what is the difference between me waiting in the office and staring at a computer, or me sitting on a beach and waiting for a phone call? The difference is in my life structure that I've set up for myself, I can do that. I can do that and not feel guilty because I've saved money and because I've got my thing set up and I don't have a boss breathing down my neck trying to prove to his boss that his job is worth something by coming into my office and giving me shit. So uh, I can sit on the beach and when I get my phone call, I'm gonna go do my job, but I can change my life and how I wait for my work and how I process my work uh, based upon happiness, and it becomes more than what, I won't get too deep into this, but it becomes more than what our uh, capitalist society has been selling to us. And it becomes almost more European hmm. to a certain extent, where our lives are like, we have siestas and we have these abilities to sort of not have what we do as a job be the central gravity hmm. for everything that happens in our fucking lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think because I think about a lot about that too, and you know, kind of growing up in the you know the in the nineties in the in sort of the agency and corporate world where work life balance was, you know, all the rage. Everybody talked about, oh, we have to achieve work life balance. And all they did was talk about it. They didn't. You know, <laughs> it was like this nebulous thing that this holy grail. Uh, but if we talk about it, maybe you can achieve it. But I think it was, you know, working from home and and you know being on my own where I realized that, you know, it's, it's not work-life balance. It's, it's, it's balance, you know, it's life. Um, and it's about priorities and it's about decision-making and, you know, nobody can make decisions for you and nobody can set your priorities for you. You can do that yourself. And, and kind of when you get to a, when you're, when you get to a comfort level with deciding that, you know what, I can, I can set my priorities. Some of them are going to be work. Some of them are going to be personal. Like you said, Mike, so beautifully, like, you know, I can sit in my office and scare at the, stare at the screen for an hour or two hours and waiting for something to happen. Is that working? No. No. Or could you be sitting on a beach, but you're still plugged in. You're still ready to respond and ready to, you know, you, you know, it's, it's intermingled. It's, it's balanced within your life. And, and, and at the end of the day, you don't feel like, oh, what a waste of day. No, more like, you know what? I got everything done that I wanted to do. I got my work done. I took care of my family. I took care of my personal health, like my mental health. I took a break. You got it all done because you prioritized it. And not because you separated it, but it blends. Um, and I think that was the biggest epiphany for me um, in figuring out this, this whole balance thing. So it's interesting that you said that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do want to I do want to dive into like that kind of like future thinking uh, a little bit more, but I, I also do want to wrap up like the the like adjusting to working from home side of things, um, and then we can kind of talk about like what impacts this will have on the future. Um, 
But uh, so I, like if, if you could just have, if you could just pick one thing um, that is the like one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's, and we've kind of touched on this in little pieces here and there, um, but one thing that, that you can tell someone who is like, he is starting to work from home on, on Monday next week, like what's the one thing that you would tell that person? Let's start over with you, Brett. Um, I would, the, the first thing I, the thing I would tell them would be um, to focus on the project and not the hours spent. Um, it was a big change. I also came from a, several corporate jobs with bosses who had the butts and seats mentality. And if you weren't in your office in your seat, you weren't getting work done. Um, and so, yeah, that took a while to figure out something that would take me two or three weeks in the office because of meetings and interruptions may take just several days. So to, again, focus on the hours. What's the old uh, adage that like work expands to fill the time allotted? Yep. And when you're in an office, you have 40 hours, you know, each week and the work tends to fill whatever hours you're scheduled for. Well, now that you're home, that work, <laughs> as it starts to expand, infringes upon time with your family, time with your friends. So that would be mine. Focus on the project. Focus on what you want to get done, not necessarily how many hours it took you to get the same task done in your office job. Yeah, and I think it's easier. Um, it's somehow, it might sound like a kind of a messed up thing to say, but it's, it's almost easier to make that decision about giving up uh, your, your work-life balance when you're in the office. Um, because there's that degree of separation between like you and your family, but yeah. when you're when you're here working from home and you can hear them upstairs or or you you know you can actually like go up and have lunch with them, um, you're you're like actually you're uh, you're around them the whole time that you're working on these other projects, and so it actually feels as though like you you can directly see like the faster I get this done, the faster I'm up there with them, uh, whereas it doesn't necessarily feel the same way when you're out there at the office. Yeah, it takes a while to get used to that too. I for the first maybe year or so I thought, wow, you know, like what I'm used to take 50 hours it takes, you know, 25 or 30 now. You know, like it almost can feel like you're cheating your employer, but <laughs> then you realize your employer cares what your output is. They care that you're delivering quality work. Yeah. They don't give a damn how many hours it took you. And if you have a boss that worries about that, you should probably something else like that won't end well or they won't be someone that will get on board with working from home so yeah i agree great right. point yeah what about you mike um well i'll come at it from a freelancer's side uh i would say that in this if you find yourself in the boat that we're all in right now and uh it you're like i think it's very easy to lose direction especially if you don't have specific jobs, if you're someone that has had a consistent amount of work and that work has been the driving force of your career for the past whatever years, and you find yourself in this scenario, we don't know ultimately what the back end is gonna be. We don't know what people are gonna be interested in. We don't understand what advertising is gonna be. If you uh, read articles right now, all the influencers are actually getting a lot of backlash right now. And they're saying that this is the death of influencers and all that sort of thing is happening. Um, I would just say, and I say this on the show, take this time to learn new things. Take this time to actually uh, learn how to edit. Take this time to learn how to use Photoshop correctly. Take this time to learn new skills. Um, and if you're smart, you're probably going to do some sort of like social online skills because this isn't going anywhere. Now that everybody's into this, this will be a thing that sticks around. So learn these new techniques. So that way, when you're when when the when the, the doors are open and we all step out into the fresh air, uh, everybody's going to be hungry. Everybody's going to be running for that pile um, because they need to. The desperation's there. It'd be nicer to have new skills to have a new trajectory, to have more things in your, in your toolbox that can earn you cash. And if you, if you waste this time and you don't teach yourself those things, then in the back end, that change could change your business drastically. That change could change who you are. So uh, if you want to feel any sort of anxiety and fear, don't waste this, don't waste this time. Like actually spend your days teaching yourself new things and trying new things and, and learning. I like that. Yeah. 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 I think there's, um, I think there's a lot of people that would probably 
push back against that just saying like well i'm just trying to like deal with the the stress and anxiety side of like everything that's going on um but i, I think my argument against that would just be that like well hell that's a good distraction you know my argument against that would be hey i'll see you later <laughs> because it, it, the truth of the matter is in the freelance world it's cutthroat sure, you're either sure. on board or you're not on board and like you want to be as uh, helpful as you possibly can to your fellow freelancers and, and fellow creatives. And you know that I'm all about that, but there hits this point where it's like you can, it's depression. So you can either fall into this depressive mode and you can fall into this, to this bad, sh bad stuff. Look at me editing myself. Then this <laughs> bad stuff. I'm proud. I'm um, proud. <laughs> on a bit of a tangent here one thing that i tell people all the time on the show is that do yourself a favor when you wake up first thing in the morning don't pick up your cell phone and don't type in to google covid news <laughs> do not look at that stuff first thing in the morning do not let all of that insane fear and that insane manipulation that is going on uh control how your day goes because if you had a nine to five you wouldn't be able to be sitting there looking at that stuff your boss would come in and give you a hard time so you don't do that on your own on your own time spend that time wake up in the morning have good healthy habits uh set yourself on a regular uh, sleep schedule don't do the 48 hour sex in the city three season binge watch <laughs> uh like actually put yourself on a Again. solid schedule. That was oddly specific, Mike. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You uh, should be binge watching Succession, if any shows. <laughs> uh, but you, seriously, if, if you set healthy habits for yourself and you make sure that you're following through these routines and following through these habits, if we were only locked in our place for three weeks, okay, whatever. But two months from now, two months from now, these unhealthy habits are really going to kick in on you and one of the healthiest things that you can do is teach yourself new things and actually keep your brain running and rolling and so if you give yourself a list and be like i'm going to become successful at this program and these are relevant to computer stuff and be successful at this program i'm going to learn this thing i'm going to learn how to do 3d animation i'm going to learn uh how to use this stuff as a director because then i can better communicate to the people that i hire because i know how long it takes to render out something um, just build those things. Uh, it'll keep you sane. Um, and it'll keep you from be becoming depressed. And it'll actually trigger those other chemicals in your brain where you're like, wow, what did I do today? Mm -hmm. I actually made this. This is really good. I didn't leave the house today. I smell terrible, but I made this really cool thing. That's what I did. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there's a, um, I mean, we're, I mean, again, like doing doing this right here um, is is not something we. I, I think the I think the issue that a lot of people have is that they're expecting things to like to go back to normal, and and I think that that's all the more reason that we need to be learning these new skills like out of necessity um, in in like this environment uh, is because 50, 25, 50 percent of the environment we're in now I think is going to still exist after. Um, so if you, if you aren't learning these new skills now, you're going to be screwed when that time comes. Yeah, dude, it's gonna, they're talking about without getting too deep into it, they're talking about this being seasonal. They're talking about this happening consistently until they come up with some sort of vaccine. Yeah. Everything that they're doing and all the stuff that they're telling us about is ultimately to try to control us as a populace and keep us in a spot right now, safe for safety reasons. But you know, it's going to be like the cold where like come September, they're going to be like, well, guess who's back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Did I, you get I, your I, Corona I, shot this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's the, I mean, yeah, it's a new flu shot, but yeah, I mean, you raise a lot of great points, Mike. And I think um, there's some stoic expressions and sayings and, you know, things like, you know, you can't control, the events around you but you can control how you respond to them and how you react to them and i think there's there's a lot of a lot of wisdom to that and kind of to your point about do you get sucked into you know the headlines and the news and the fear mongering and and all that or do you accept this as fact this is happening around me so what am i going to do about it because yeah. that part i can control 
And, you know, Eric, you, you know, talking about, well, I can learn new skills. I can expand my repertoire. I can explore new ideas. I mean, you know, every day I, you know, I get up and I have a cup of coffee and I, you know, I, I think through some things, but I have these mantras and a couple of them, um, some of them are like inspired by like people like Gary Vee who say things like, you know, how do you, how do you get through this? And I think it's, you know, positivity, it's perspective, it's, uh, and it's innovation. You know, you have a positive mindset, um, you know, don't get sucked into, you know, all of the, uh, the fear. Um, you have perspective, right? It's like, Hey, I'm healthy. I'm strong. I'm, I'm okay now. So, you know, I'm able, I'm capable. Um, and, it are those who are able to innovate and come up with new ideas and new, you know, like, like we're doing right now, like what a great way to engage um, not just with each other, but with, you know, larger audiences. We never would have done this before, but you know, we were forced to think we got to do something different and we did it. Um, and what we needed that, that little push. Um, and, you know, the other sort of mantra that I, that I have in my head is, you know, actions express priorities, right? So you have your priorities and this kind of goes back to freelancing and working from home and being an independent. It's like, you know, have your priorities, set your priorities and then act on those. And, um, you know, if your priorities are clear within this new context in which we're working, you know, you, you can succeed in, in many, on many, many levels, personally and professionally. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, kind of like what I was saying earlier. I mean, I, I think that, I think that a lot of people, I think this is forcing a lot of people to, to find clarity as to what those priorities are, which exactly. I'm hoping when we come out the other side of this will be better for everyone because then that'll define uh, those actions and, and how to, how to move forward based upon those priorities instead of, Oh yeah. Instead of the priorities that they had in their head, that was actually someone else's priorities, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so getting to that, um, I, I want to, I, I definitely want to like wrap things up on a, on a more positive note here. So uh, <laughs> like what, how do you think, how do you guys think things will be permanently changed for the better as we come out of this? Let's go back around to you, Brett. Well, this is less work specific, but I do think you're oh, seeing fine. you're seeing uh, like investment being made into um, online learning. I have you know kids in three different schools. Uh, some of them handle have handled things really well. Things have like gone off without you know too many changes, and others that didn't invest in the technology, getting you know groups online, getting classwork online, video conferencing squared away before this happened are now scrambling to make that happen. So in a bigger picture, I think you're seeing it too with some businesses that are having to adapt to that, you know, um, restaurants that had apps, you know, that people could easily order from that were on DoorDash. So some of those that are able to stay in business that had made those investments beforehand. Um, so that's what I'm kind of hoping. I'm, I'm, you know, when a child misses school and there's really no way to like get that back, some of the technologies that are putting in place now, recording, you know, teachers' um, presentations and lectures and stuff, I think that'll pay dividends down the road. So those are kind of the some of the changes, small changes that I'm seeing. Uh, you know, that take it's hard and it's expensive to plan for this. And now, as companies are being forced into it, and along with that, just the mentality. I think it was Mike or Kevin that said, you know when they started working from home, it maybe wasn't as acceptable. You had to sell your manager on it. Now that companies can see that you can, that they are people that can get their work done and maybe even in a better environment, that that may open up opportunities for people outside of just us. Yeah, no, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like from a video conferencing standpoint, um, I, would, I would argue that I've, had better um, relationship building experiences over this past month than I did for like the year before. I mean, don't get me wrong, like- Air quality is equivalent to Boston's air quality. And that is insane. Yeah. That is That's just crazy. from what, three weeks? Wow. So yeah. I think that 
the one thing that this is doing is it's sort of fighting back on what we've been sold for the past 50, 60 years as cap in this capitalist society that it's about saving money, it's about cash, it's about the back the end end dollar, it's about not about time, it's about savings, it's about money, mm. it's about doing all this. And uh, I'm hopeful that in the back end of this, we're gonna be more centered as humans, we're gonna understand ourselves because no, everybody can't avoid that inner turmoil right now. Yeah. And so uh, hopefully people are dealing with it. And as we step out, as a species, as we step out, uh, I think we're gonna hug each other. And I think it, as, as lame as that sounds, cause I'm a cynic, I think that we're gonna come out and start hugging and kissing each other. And I think that's a, that, that's a really important thing, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think, you know, I think honestly, it's a little early to to make predictions, but my hope is, well, I, I do believe that this is a global reset button that, you know, we as humans couldn't do it. So the earth said, all right, time <laughs> yeah. out. Um, and yeah, I agree with you, Mike. And, and it's it's my hope that you know we come through this with uh, a completely refreshed set of values um and different perspectives and uh different yeah just a different view on the world and empathy and uh kindness and all of that i i totally agree with you and i and i and i kind of feel a, a, a responsibility because because we have this awareness right? We're talking about it. We're aware of it. We have this responsibility to do what we can to actually make that happen. You know what I mean? It's like, make that, create that future. If don't hope for it, make it, just make it happen because we, we can. And uh, I'm, maybe that sounds a little, little sappy, but that's the, uh, that's the <laughs> optimist in me. And I, I you know, I, I believe that, we, that we could do that. So. I don't think it's, dude, I don't think it's sappy. And let me just, say that me making that statement is a new thing. <laughs> Come here, so, you. Which so, I think speaks volumes. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right. Well, I, I, I totally, I, I love, I, what I really like to see is that in this conversation, like things like positivity and empathy have been, have been things that have kind of been like a driving force throughout it. Um, so I, I think that that speaks to kind of what you guys are saying. Um, I, I I do think we should probably start wrapping it up a little bit. Um, I want to end it with what is the one thing that you are most excited for once this is all over? Anything. But I, I, I see the smile over there on Mike's face and I know it's just running out. To <laughs> I know it's the bar. It's, it's got to be the bar safari, right? Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's the bar safari. Like... It would be cool. It'd be cool if it was something like that. Like, uh, yeah, it's, dude, honestly, it's, if I could, which being a freelancer, I won't be able to afford to, but if I could throw a party that was, you know, a thousand strong, I'd do it. And, and, and I think that, that would be the most, the most fun, really. I really look forward to like, getting lost with other people. And I miss, I mean, that's what my job is. My job is to get lost with folks and be empathetic with people and understand people's stories and be able to retell those stories. Um, and this thing, even though this is great, I'm staring at blue light and pixels. Yeah, not the same. Like your terrible framing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Such a filmmaker. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I, I can't wait for that, man. I, I can't wait to just be out. That's what I want. It's just to be out and around people and in the laugh and have fun. I'm 100% behind you there. Yeah. What about you, Brett? Yeah, similar. I have in-laws that live pretty closely and we've done some grocery shopping, you know, they're older and want to make sure that they're able to stay inside, you know, so we went grocery shopping for them last week and we pull up and, you know, we text them to open up their garage and load the groceries <laughs> in there and just, 
it's just one, you know, you never know how long people are going to be, be around and not being able to go out on their back porch and go in their home and talk to them. There's just this like distance that's built into everything now. Um, so yeah, similar to Mike, just looking forward to being able to pull up to a friend's house and have, you know, friends back over our house. Our house has been so quiet. We've usually got kids, friends running in and out of it day in and day out. It just feels so spookily quiet right now that just everything's quiet. The streets are quiet. The stores are quiet. Our house yeah. is quiet. So yeah, just yeah. some semblance of normalcy <laughs> in terms of like friends and family is what I'm looking but, forward to the most. And I think we've, we've talked about uh, in like, we've talked about how things won't go back to normal and, and how it almost in, in kind of a negative way, but I think that that things won't go back to normal in in a positive way too. In that, um, like we we now kind of uh, Mike, you were talking about this a lot. Um, that we now are more grateful for those interactions that we used to have, and so I think it'll bring back not not only will we be able to go back to those normal interactions, but we'll be so much more grateful um, for for them once we're actually more appreciative of those interactions when we go back to them. So yeah, I'm yeah, yeah definitely the same mm. thing. Yep, hundred percent. On the same boat, Kevin? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I want to, you know, I want to grab my kids and my wife and I want to get out and see friends. I want to see family. I want to travel. I'm going to go, go see cultures that I never saw before. And I just want to get out back out in the world. Seriously, come next year. I think I need to book myself like my, my family and I, like we're going to Europe or something. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Embrace okay. it all. We're making it happen. We're making it happen. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, all right. Um, yeah, I'd say let's, uh, man, Mike, ever since you said throwing that party, all I can think about is like what NAB is going to be like next year. <laughs> One big barbecue in the desert. It's just going to be insane next year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, man, it's crazy. I, I, a bunch of different manufacturers that I've been talking to that had all this new stuff that they wanted to drop and they couldn't, they can't drop because of the stuff. So it's interesting. It is cool to see the way that they're um, that they're kind of innovating now, though, and finding new ways to announce those things. Um, like you know, Maxon is doing, like they're doing an entirely online. I think it's like Cinema 4D Live or something like that. Yeah. Um, so just like, show. taking the same thing and then just putting it out in front of the masses. I mean, honestly, why not? Instead of just this small group that you would actually meet there at the show, you have the entire world there at your fingertips. So what makes you wonder? Will NAB still exist? It very much makes you wonder. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, I'm because I, because I, I, I don't think that you can totally replace like all the parties, um, like because there's so much relationship building that happens out there. All the like kind of the satellite events around the uh, the main event. Sure. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like all the the product showcases and all that, I mean, I've seen other companies that are literally doing uh, like physical, like they would put their booth together. Uh, just it's such a weird time for content because. You have everybody that needs it. You have everybody that doesn't want to spend quiet time. So they, they're trying to fill time with as much content as they possibly can. So now, I think for the first couple of weeks, it was fascinating because people were just like, I don't know what to watch. And so then they were just sort of dumping themselves into these different outlets. Yeah. I'd be curious to see what, what rises to the top. Like, did you hear about, I'm sure you guys have heard about Quibi, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So Quibi. So Quibi spent all this loot uh, to make a uh, platform that would be perfect for the bus ride to work. <laughs> so like, we're gonna have like top of the line actors, we're gonna have all these people come in and we're gonna create this content specifically timed out. So that way when you're waiting in line in the bathroom, you'll be able to watch an episode of the stuff. And now people have all the time in the world to watch stuff. So it's not been doing that well. And so I'm curious to see what the new outlet is and like how much time people are spending doing this stuff. Like I just downloaded, um, what is the program? That's this new, it's not new, it's new to me. This is me just being a, a mother about it. But uh, Discord. So I just downloaded Discord and with the podcast, what I'm gonna try to yeah. do is, uh, set up with fans and then I'm going to screen really rare movies through the internet and have conversations with that. And that's going to be something that we try this weekend. And I think that's going to become an outlet. It's almost like renting out a movie yeah. theater and screening movies again. 
So my my kids are on Discord all yeah. day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. So like you want a glimpse of the future. Look at what your kids are doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, actually. <laughs> Very true, my man. Very true. Yeah. yeah, they always say go into a middle school and ask them what apps and what tools they're using. You'll yeah. be blown away. Yeah, they're like Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> email <laughs> facebook <laughs> Twitter, oh yeah. my god email no tiktok <laughs> yeah TikTok. everything's tiktok man it's just tiktok all day oh <laughs> feel like such a 40 something year old TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> oh don't mind mike come no. on come give us everyone give us uh, your account what's that i said give us your account it's got to be out there I know you're a TikTok influencer, right? No, no. I've been doing Instagram live stuff, and I feel like I was so late on that. So, uh, no, man, that's not my thing. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm keeping it really PG. That's why I'm I'm delaying everything I say because normally I would say a bunch of different things. Oh, sure. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I'm I'm very impressed. I didn't know you had a PG filter. It's like someone's got a gun to my head off to the side here. <laughs> right. That's how it works. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining me, um, and uh, and thank you to everyone listening to you know take some time out of your day to listen to listen to us get up on our soapbox. Um, hopefully, you found something of value out of this, and uh, definitely let us know if there's any other ideas that you might have about uh, forms of content that we can make, or if you have any for, uh, any ideas of like how we can other topics we can talk about in, in this kind of format. And I'm sure that we'll be doing more of this in the future because what other choice do we have? Um, so with that, have a, have a great rest of your day and uh, stay home and stay safe.